0: Hello and welcome to Clock Spinning, the podcast of Magic's history, as told card by card. I'm Austin and with me, as always, is my co-host, Connor. How are you today, Connor? I'm doing pretty well today. I uh, spent a little time on the roof this afternoon, planting some some cacti
1: up there, creating a little paradise for probably not birds, but something.
0: <laughs> well, since, since you're already gracefully segueing into it, do you want to talk about today's topic?
1: Yeah, that that almost connects to today's topic, which is uh, the art of Birds of Paradise, one of uh, Magic's most iconic cards. And I, th- I think we can safely say most iconic bird.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that.
1: So we've got another, uh, another art review here. We're going to look at uh, every piece of unique art that's ever been printed on a Birds of Paradise, uh, starting all the way back in Alpha and going up to a, a very recent printing. Uh, and we're just going to go through and review them on a uh, kind of
0: the YouTube S to F tier kind of scale and talk about our favorite birds. Yeah, it's a little bit fun because there's either eight or nine or 10 unique arts, depending on how you want to count them. So you'll just have to see what we mean as we go through here, dear listener. little mystery. Ooh. All right. Well, our very first Birds of Paradise art goes all the way back to Alpha. Yes, all the way to Alpha. First set in the game. This piece is by Mark Poole, and it's super unique. Oh, and I should say, we're not going to describe each of the arts because that would get really tedious. If you're listening on the podcast, there's a link down in the show notes that'll pull up a scryfall search to show all the art. So just take a look at that. Um, but anyway, this art has a really unique backstory. I think this is one of the more famous bits of magic trivia. This card was not in the original plan for Alpha. It came into play very, very late. And the reason is Mark Poole turned in this art for a land. Uh, There's some dispute about which land. Uh, Mark Rosewater says tropical island, but lots of people on Reddit and other forums say that Mark Poole said it was just a normal island. But either way, the art director uh, or Richard Garfield, again, depending who you believe, took a look at it and said there is way too much bird <laughs> in this art for this to be uh, a non-creature card. This this can't be an island. Uh, and so they hurriedly cooked up a card for it. And lo and behold, an entire archetype of magic cards came into being. Now, Alpha, of course, has Lanowar Elves. So the idea of a one mana green creature that produces mana was there from the beginning. But the idea that you would break out of the color and generate any color of mana you want this is actually like the only effect in all of alpha that does this just tap for any color of mana so really unique card came about in kind of a fun way uh you can see that hurriedness on the card i think with the text box which says flying slash slash tap uh that's so on which is is very funny to look at i do definitely want to get back to the art but the, the rest of the text
1: box uh actually does not say that you can add a mana of any color it just says tap to add one mana to your mana pool. Oh no, you're
0: right. <laughs> it doesn't say it could be that. any color. Oh no, so That's really
1: funny. a rush job. But yeah, the the little slash slash there, which I I guess must must have been supposed to indicate a line break. Just just hanging out right next
0: to flying. I love That's that. That's a great call. Yeah, actually, you're right. And in beta, they revised that. It, it looks like to add any color to your mana pool. Um, alpha is full of lots of funny typos like this. If if anyone's as big a nerd as I am, there's so many insane plays. podcasts did like a fifty hour special reviewing every card in alpha with a tremendous amount of trivia and history so go go look it up if you want to know more about the actual history of this card and its play in in magic it is wonderful but
1: let's let's get back to the the art i do love how prominent the birds are here they they probably like square footage wise i think they take up close to the same amount of space as the island itself if you leave out the smoke or the volcanic ash
0: yeah, I, uh, I really like this art. It's uh, it's simplistic in the way that a lot of alpha art is, but it's it's very beautiful. I like the color scheme here. I like the uh, the way the birds pop against this blue background. Um, there's a little bit of a, um, you know, like these black objects down in the water. It's hard to tell if they're little like reefs or islets. Islets? Islets? I've never had to say that aloud. Canoes or something. But anyway, honestly, the whole thing makes me feel like I'm in Hawaii or something. Uh, and it's just, it's a really beautiful image. You know, I had always interpreted
1: those smaller objects as more birds oh. just further away yeah let me take
0: a look see up closer uh, i think you're right i think they are more birds it's more birds
1: so mark pool actually did also paint every every I- actual island in alpha along with the real tropical island which basically just looks like <laughs> the islands there's very little difference between any of them uh and a card called island sanctuary which is an incredibly weird white enchantment um so
0: basically anything having to do with islands in alpha seems to have been mark Poole's job yeah <laughs> one of the other funny fun things about this art is that this has been printed like at least 19 uh different times uh, across history yeah. of magic this art and wizard seems to be incapable of reprinting like any of the original alpha art without messing with the contrast and saturation and brightness uh, i don't know why it's very frustrating um, but it means you can look at a bunch of variants and decide, like, which is your favorite of the Mark Poole Birds of Paradise? Is it the dark original alpha? Is it the slightly lighter beta? Is it the slightly lighter still unlimited? Is it the kind of comically washed out and flattened World Championship Edition? I could go on, but I'm, I'm worried that it's becoming boring. But it is uh, worth looking up just how many different ways Wizards has interpreted this exact same art.
1: We'll see, uh, I think, a more egregious example of that kind of art tinkering coming up very soon here. Very soon. How would you rate our very first Birds of Paradise
0: art? I mean, I'm very biased. So, I mean, if this was printed today, I wouldn't give this rating. But for the story that's attached to it, for the kind of quiet beauty of the image, and for its just numerous printings and iconic place in the history of magic, this, this has to be an S tier for me. Yeah, it's, it's an S for me.
1: I genuinely like the art, too. I think it's very fun and and innocent. It's like almost something you'd see on the wall of a dentist's office in a good way. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, it's just kind of calming. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. One other uh kind of fun thing about this is of course if you want to get this in alpha or beta, it's um it's about three thousand dollars, which is a chunk of change. But as I said, this has been reprinted a million times. So you can get like uh recent printings, including in like Dominaria Remastered, you can see this printed in an old, old frame um for a lot less. Now, of course, you won't get the hilarious alpha text or the original. Super iconic border, but you can get pretty close.
1: Okay, should we move uh, quite a bit forward in time to a 7th edition Birds of Paradise? Yeah, it's a big jump. Okay, so this one is by Edward P. Beard Jr. from 7th edition. You can see here that it's a rare. You couldn't see that on the original alpha card. I'm sure I'm going to return to this well several times this episode, but from this Bird of Paradise onward, no Birds of Paradise art has featured any more than one bird as far as I can tell. <laughs> oh my God. I've never noticed that. You're <laughs> right. You're I, right. I have never been able to not notice that. It always bothered me so much when I was younger, when we started playing this. And I saw, I think the first bird of uh, birds of paradise that I saw was the Ravnica printing. And I was like, what, there's only one bird here. Why is this birds
0: of paradise? But from seventh edition onward, there's, there's just a single bird. Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like generally magic cards are one creature. I think just somehow it makes more sense for things to be singular, but you're right. That does. Uh, that's awkward with the name here.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it seems like it would be a pretty easy problem to solve. Just put
0: a, a few birds in there and they could be birds of paradise. Yeah. But with this elaborate plumage, like asking asking Edward P. Beard Jr. to paint two birds with that plumage or three, that's that's a big ask. That is a lot of plumage.
1: But actually, the first thing that I noticed about this art, and the thing that I can't unnotice now, is that this bird basically
0: has a beard. Do <laughs> you think that's a little in-joke from Edward Beard? It feels like it must be.
1: It, it might be a little a little self-referential thing here. Put a put a beard on the bottom of the bird. I It 100% has a beard. There probably are birds out in our own plane that have beards something like that going on but i mean that's a very beardy kind of what would you call
0: that plumage when it's on the bird's head well it's not on its head it's on its little bird chin kind of which is unusual the the chin of the bird i feel like there's a lot of birds that have like mohawks or some other little thing on top of their head i feel like below your chin is a little more unusual
1: yeah because your ladybird couldn't see
0: it as easily down there maybe i don't know i make I, i don't know the evolutionary reason why beards maybe, or more uncommon.
1: That I mean, that checks out to me. <laughs> All
0: right. Good, good. So other than the beard, what, is, what strikes you about this bird? So I, I got, from an art standpoint, I like this, but don't love it. I don't find this compelling. And it's hard for me to put my finger on why, because I think it's like, beautifully executed from a technical standpoint it's like very colorful but it's also pretty naturalistic the like the brushwork the rendering kind of throughout here is is really beautiful the lighting like the fact this is done in traditional media is super impressive i don't know somehow i also find it uh, boring is too strong but it doesn't grab me and it feels compositionally it feels a bit inert to me like all this foliage yeah. intruding I, I don't get a sense of motion from the bird it feels like the bird is just sort of you know, it almost reminds me of have you ever been one of those old, like old fashioned museums that have lots of like an- stuffed animals mm-hmm. in dioramas. Uh, That's yes. kind of the feel I get here. Like there's a paint. It feels like there's a painting in the background and a bird suspended by a, a wire in a diorama. That's kind of how I feel about the, the composition. Like, I think it's a beautiful piece, but it, it doesn't have a sense of motion in life for me. That's a very good description. And now, just like the beard, I can't I can't unsee that.
1: <laughs> unsee this as just like a, something suspended from like some little fishing line
0: in front of a the painting. There is an interesting, there's some interesting side story with this card. We'll get to this more in just a second. But this card was part of a big falling out between uh, the then Wizards of the Coast art director um, and artist Edward P. Beard Jr., who'd done a lot of magic art uh, before this. This piece was cited... By Wizards in a like, I don't know, conversation, I guess, with Beard, where he asked, like, why aren't I getting as many pieces anymore? And they said, this is, quote, too traditional fantasy, unquote, the specific piece. Hmm. Another Wizards employee supposedly said to him, this is what the art of magic should not be about this piece. Uh, and then describe the style they'd like him to execute on as, think of our new magic as Matrix meets magic, which is about the most like 2001 thing I've ever heard. Um, I would love to see the, the <laughs> card that that epitomizes Matrix meets magic. Oh man, I should, I think this thread, I'll link this thread for anyone who wants some ancient 20 year old drama. But I think this thread did cite some examples. You know, it was all this like Mirrodin, like shiny mm-hmm. comic booky art that magic went super hard on in this era. Do you think that if uh,
1: Edward P. Beard Jr. had put a, a leather trench coat on the Bird of Paradise <laughs> that it would have made it through?
0: I think that would be a great altar for this card, like a super, super in the weeds reference altar on this card. It would look adorable. Well, it looks like
1: we, we could get a 7th edition Bird of Paradise for $13, so...
0: That's right, unless, Connor, you want it in foil. So 7th edition foils are nutty expensive this is i believe it was kind of hard to verify this but from what i can tell this is the most expensive foil in seventh edition and it will set you back about in decent condition three thousand dollars or more oh my god which which is to say this is as expensive as alpha this is expensive as an alpha rare to get this thing in foil uh which is mind-blowing to me i'd always known that seventh edition foils are expensive like we found in our counterspell episode that what like a counterspell seventh ed foil was like 150 bucks or something nutty like that Mm -hmm. and so apparently there's a couple of reasons uh the biggest reason is the biggest source for foils for the last 20 years of magic but especially in like the 2000s was a program wizards used to run called magic redemptions on magic gathering online so when magic gathering online first rolled out there was a worry that players would say i don't know why i would spend real money on digital cards. That sounds like a scam. Because it was really pretty new, this idea that you would just spend real money to get like a bit in your, a bit flipped in your account. I still feel that way sometimes. I, when I play Arena, I certainly feel that way. <laughs> and so Wizards had this program called Redemption where you could collect a complete set either in foil or non-foil and then file a request and they would remove all the cards from your account and mail you that set you just redeemed. So you could mm-hmm. collect... Yeah. Yeah. This was a thing for like, I think a decade or more. So you could collect, for example, all of 7th edition in foil and then file a thing and they would permanently delete the cards from your account and the MTGO economy and mail you a complete set in foil. What? Yeah. And that was the big source of foils in this time. And it was also how MTGO grinders, it was like the underpinning of the MTGO economy. It was like the gold standard. You know what I mean? It was like, (laughs) it was like, it was backed. All your digital stuff was backed by real cards at some level. Whoa. But the problem was back then, as recently, but especially back then, the kind of enfranchised player who was playing on Magic Online did not want to open packs of 7th edition. (laughs) They wanted Mirrodin and Scourge and all these other cool sets. Uh, And so basically no one opened it. And so the only supply, there wasn't much supply from MTGO Redemptions. It was basically just supply from retail boosters. So that's one reason. And then the other reasons are core sets used to have white borders, except... In foils, starting with 7th edition. This was the first time a corset set was printed in foil. And the foils came in black border. And it's still the old border. And Wizards did unique art for many of these 7th edition cards. So you have this like perfect storm here with Bop of very, very few foils. In old border, unique art by an iconic magic artist. They really wasn't printed in a non-screwed up, we'll talk about that in a second, form again. Of a very desirable, iconic card. So you put all that in a blender, and I guess that adds up to $3,000, Connor.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's
0: quite a saga. It is quite a saga.
1: Which uh, which one would you rather have? The
0: alpha or a foil 7th edition? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I think I'd go with the alpha. We'll get to this in the ratings, but I mean, this is kind of more... I don't know. It's kind of like a Lamborghini versus a Porsche 911 or something like a Lamborghini is flashy and cool. And that's how I feel about this. But I mean, come on, the 911 is a classic. All right. I I hope we have more car
1: comparisons as we (laughs) get. I'll have one car birds. for
0: each each printing. Yes. Don't hold me to that. What about you, Connor? Alpha or seventh edition foil?
1: I think I would go alpha also, just because I love the really the text box in alpha. I love the art <laughs> I think too. I but like just the like, text boxes is
0: more than the art. It's just it's fantastic. Alpha is full of that kind of weirdness. My favorite, uh forgive me, another tangent. My favorite bit of alpha text box weirdness, and there are many, is unsummon, where there was like a find and replace error very very late in alpha production. Uh, and so the alpha printing of Unsummon accidentally uses the word "card" uh, instead of "discarded." And so the text box says, "Return creature to owner's hand. Enchantments on creature are card in all caps." Unsummon <laughs> cannot be played during the damage dealing phase of an attack. Anyway, I just love our carded. That's such a great. There's there's so many typos in alpha, but uh, those are two of my favorites. I love that. All right, should we should we rate this thing, Connor? Yeah, I, I guess we we should get around to that. I'm like a B.
1: It's fine yeah i've i've got it at a c i don't i don't love this as much like to me the other than the taxidermy nature of it like the wings look a little awkward to me the head's kind of big like it it, it sort of takes away from the the birdness of the bird of paradise mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it's it's
0: around a c for me yeah it just it it's a nice piece of art it just doesn't speak to me somehow it doesn't doesn't grab my heartstrings yeah Okay, well, um, let's immediately
1: revisit this same piece of art in uh, a newer border, Birds of Paradise (laughs) from 8th edition. Uh, This is the same art by the same artist, but a little different. So we've got a bonus bird here that, unfortunately, in my opinion, is a a much worse bird than
0: the one we just looked at. Before you explain why it's different, I want to invite our listener to pause for a few seconds and see if they can spot the difference. Okay, welcome back. Connor, what is the difference? What changed?
1: Well, several things, but the, the most egregious change is this weird fringe of black, like jet black color on the very edge of the bird's wingtips. It's kind of inexplicable to me why why this was added. You can you can see that a bunch of other things were changed in the art here. The the like contrast, the saturation, the brightness all look like they were cranked way up. Like someone just took all the all the sliders in Photoshop and just pushed them all much further up because that's how I view Photoshop is like basically a soundboard <laughs> where so it's pushing sliders around. And then there's this weird like disease looking black fringe to the feather tips that is very off putting.
0: Yeah. All I can think about the black fringe is that it's meant to show that the bird produces all five colors of mana. But what's weird about that is the art already does that. Like the wings are yellow, which I take to be the white mana blue Purple, which I take to be the black mana, as it so often is in magic, like in me- many Liliana arts, red and green. So it's already got Wubberg wings, but I guess the purple wasn't Wubberg enough, or maybe they were con- They were concerned this confirms the rumor of purple as a sixth color. I don't know, um, which was rife at this time for some reason. Aesthetically, honestly, if you didn't tell me this was added, I don't think I would have noticed it, although it does look kind of cruddy. I just think it's, cr- it's a cruddy thing to do to the artist to really lazily Photoshop their art. Like the the black isn't even like incorporated into each of these lovingly built feathers. It's just like a, a line down the end of the wing. Yeah.
1: And it, it, it feels different from the, you know, kind of minor saturation and, and brightness kind of shifts that you see to a lot of other art that is reprinted. Because there's like an actual modification to the art here.
0: And the the whole tone of the background looks pretty different too i think it's worse to paint over the art and honestly this like slider moving business that watsi likes to do when they reuse art sometimes really drives me bananas like here i feel like they've turned up the sharpness so much that it's it's essentially a different piece of art like all of the the kind of soft subtlety which according to edward p beer jr was what um watsi did not like in his art style has been forcibly removed. Like the subtlety has been stripped out of this art in favor of this like almost pointillist level of like um, sharp contrast. They they red-pilled the bird. Oh my God. (laughs) They totally they red-pilled this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Supposedly, this is according to Reddit. So take this with the giant grain of salt. But supposedly this was kind of the final straw for um, Edward P. Beard Jr. Um, That timeline roughly works. He stopped working with Watsy around Ravnica, which is around when this was printed. And he has not done a single piece of art since then, even as uh, wizards has brought a lot of retro artists back into the fold. He's never worked with magic again in the last like 20 years.
1: Wow. so do we, do we rate this one?
0: I I rated it. I wanted to give it an F just as a kind of historical, to give a little bit of historical justice to the artist here. Oh,
1: let's give it an F. Maybe we can have a big like
0: klaxon sound effect.
1: (laughs) to mark how bad this is think about getting that in there
0: i'm sure the listeners would love it all right speaking of ravnica let's go to ravnica now uh next up we have um marcello vignali's piece for the original ravnica set and i i really like this art it's uh the beginning of a trend um which is only going to accelerate from here uh towards more and more fantastical birds of paradise so our first two birds um from alpha and seventh edition are Pretty naturalistic. I mean, they're in the case of the 7th edition, it's obviously maybe a little too colorful, a little too wild, uh, looking for, to be a real bird. But it, it could pass. This thing it could not pass. It is this fluorescent pink that kind of leaps off the page or leaps off the card. And then this beautiful golden yellow color that also sort of shimmers and shines uh, in the art. And that tropical trend or that fantastical trend is going to continue. And I don't always love it, but I got to say, I really love it here. I just think this art is so beautiful. It's so colorful. There's so much technical skill on display, the light on the bird. And I like also that the art here is like set in Ravnica. Like you can see these Ravnican buildings in the background, but it's not like Ravnica in your face. Like it's not shouting at you. It's just like subtle little Ravnica uh, background here. Ravnica in your face. When they're, they're starting to run out of ideas, that'll be our, like, seventh return <laughs> <Yeah>. to Ravnica. <laughs> it be the WWE crossover set. Ravnica's, <laughs> <don't>... <laughs> Ravnica's invaded again, this time by WWE. <laughs> by <her> Wrestlers. <laughs> Poor Barigmo's cage match with The Rock. <laughs> it's coming.
1: I hope Birds of Paradise are there, too. I, I also quite like this art. It has this really nice, like, sunset, sort of colored plumage
0: oh, that yeah, it is sunset
1: yeah it's like it's not as on the nose as the beard bird of paradise you know we don't we don't need to have every one of the five colors on the bird to know that you know this is a magical bird that can produce mana i do like that it's not <laughs> ravnica in your face it, it could be <laughs> distinctively rag ravnica and it can fit very well in that set um, but it doesn't have to be you know this can this could be printed in any number of sets and fit in just as nicely this is also kind of the i i would say the most iconic bird of paradise for me which i suspect is true for a lot of people since this is still sort of the the bird of choice for reprints or at least has been until pretty recently though of course you know this card hasn't been standard legal since 2012 i think but i remember hearing probably like actually at the ravnica pre-release that we went to uh that this was going to be a money card in ravnica um and that you know this was a a big reprint and it was going to enable these multicolored decks and everyone was going to want birds of paradise and i don't think it really registered in my brain at that point that this card had existed in the game since day one or even that like reprints were uh that much of a thing um it just kind of seemed like a cool bird that would make it easier to you know build the like Golgari Ravnica theme deck that i wanted to do in 2005.
0: Birds has has this interesting reprint history where it appeared in literally every core set from alpha through eighth. So it was in alpha, beta, unlimited, revised, fourth edition, fifth edition, sixth edition, all with the Marpool art. Seventh edition, we get the beard art. Eighth edition, we get the beard art. And then it's not in ninth edition. They print ninth edition in summer of 2005. There's no Birds of Paradise. I have no idea if this attracted attention, but I imagine it might have. And then it makes its triumphant return like four or three months later in Ravnica City of Guilds, where it's so appropriate as this like five color or multicolor enabling card. Uh, so I think that's a nice little bit of storytelling through the block structure. And this was the first time birds appeared in a non-corset. It made it made that most difficult of leap from a like corset card to a like real uh, expansion, which I think is a lot is a, is a hard jump, especially for a card this old. And then it left right back to Corsets <laughs> after that. That's right. Yeah, after this, it was an and M11, M12. M And then, as you said, hasn't been in a standard legal set since then. I think there's there's a surprising number of these alpha cards where Wizards didn't realize for like a decade or more in this case that a card was either too weak or too strong. And I think Birds is a little bit too strong for standard. But yeah. during that final standard run, this was, as you said, the art. This was the kind of classic key art. Where do you land on this
1: This classic art.
0: Ah, it's a solid B for me. I I praise the background. I do feel like the background and the bird don't entirely feel like they're in the same place or plane to me. Like somehow doesn't, that that part doesn't quite fit for me, but I I really like it. It's like a, you know, I'm going to go up to an A. It's like a, it's a solid A for me.
1: You know, actually we should, uh, we should add the flavor text in because this is our first bird with flavor text. Wow. I'll read it out here. It says long ago, birds of paradise littered the skies. Thanks to the city sprawl, most now exist as pets of society's elite. That, I don't love that. <laughs> See, I, I have in my notes, I really like that. <laughs> what do you What do you really like about it?
0: I like that it tells in two sentences this story of like Ravnica was once a real place that wasn't uh, completely covered in city and now it's sprawled and they're super endangered. Like there's a sort of sadness and darkness to it that I like. Yeah, I guess it, it kind of ties to the, the background
1: a bit because my first thought, as you were talking about the the background just now was that it's it's kind of weird that there's no trees, like there's no greenness in the background at all. It's this very sort of gothic looking Because it's Ravnica medieval Connor. structures. I know it's Ravnica, but there's plenty of trees in Ravnica. <laughs> see trees in Ravnica. And there's just none here. But I guess the flavor text kind of ties into that a little bit and it's you know like there's these these birds are uh, at great risk and there's not enough habitat for them anymore, which is very sad as
0: I'm saying it aloud, <laughs> but I still don't like the flavor text very much. To me, it makes me think of this as like a peacock. You know, how, like there are some like neighborhoods will have peacocks just wandering around. That's the vibe yeah. I get from this art. And this yeah, story. I used to live in one of those
1: neighborhoods, so I guess I had some birds of paradise.
0: So I'm an A. Does the flavor text somehow drag it down for you? Where where do you land? No, no, I am
1: I landed an A too. This, this is a beautiful bird. And I can't I can't go lower than an A for it. Okay, next up we have a bird from uh, Magic twenty eleven promos by Therese Nielsen, uh, with flavor text that says the gods use their feathers to paint all the colors of the world. Yare Tiva, warden of Grammar Forest. <laughs> and uh, there's also a very cool watermark in the text box of this birds of paradise, which is the color pie and not to give too much of a spoiler, but I noticed Austin does not have a very high rating for this bird. And
0: I would love to know why I, I I'm really struggling to understand why. So I I'm like a D on this. I, uh, I really feel uh, like I should love it. Like I like Therese Nielsen's art. She's done some incredible pieces. I mean, force of will and, You know, its various descendants, most notably. I kind of like the moody color scheme, but I don't know. I just find this, like, too busy. The bird doesn't feel right anatomically to me. Like, its wings feel kind of tacked on. I I don't know. I just find the whole thing, like, too bombastic and confused. It's, like, floating in a just featureless cloud. Something about it just doesn't, doesn't work for me on any level. Except, I think, apparently, all the M11 promos, and they were, like, uh, four of them had this um oh no two of the m11 promos excuse me had this uh color wheel watermark and boy is that a great watermark to have on a bird's paradise that's cool yeah that that is
1: pretty sweet aside from the the anatomical issues which i agree with you on the the wings seem like kind of too small and too pigeon like for the and, rest of this bird well
0: and too far off to the bird's left like they don't they don't feel like they emanate from its back to me you, you know what this looks like
1: there are all over the city of LA where I live, there are these paintings of angel wings on on walls, like the walls mm-hmm. of buildings or the walls of, you know, famous places you can go. There's these big wings painted on there. And then the idea is you stand in <laughs> front of the wings to have your picture taken uh-huh, with uh-huh. these angel wings because it's the city of angels. And th- this does kind of look like this bird, this wingless bird is has been propped up in front of one of
0: those sets of angel wings. 100%. Also the idea of a wingless bird with this giant tail. Something about that's so sad. <laughs> it is, but but it has its wings now.
1: All of that said, I I kind of dig the ridiculous rainbow plumage underneath um and this weird sparkly cloudy background. Like I don't really understand what's going on here or or why the bird looks like this kind of amalgam of of colorful and then colorful pieces and then these gray
0: wings but it, it works for me somehow. I don't know. It's almost like there's like a teeny bird in the middle, like a teeny sparrow in the middle, sparrow sized bird with additional wings behind it. And this tail, like, I don't, it, uh, I just feel like this, this piece is so technically confusing to me or like, not technically like the biomechanics, I guess of this piece are so confusing, it I can't enjoy the like wonderful riotous Therese Nielsen colors uh, in the way I want to. I think maybe you just need to look at it from, like, look at the bottom half only. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I actually zoomed in until I could only see the bottom half. <laughs> and I love the bottom half. I think it's great. <laughs> see, there you go. But I, I can't, <laughs> I can't judge a piece of magic art that way. Okay. Did you already say your rating? What do you have this? Yeah, say? I said a D, and I, I think I'm sticking to it, even though I think it's, it's like, um, hmm, let me think of a tortured analogy. Give me a second here. Mm-hmm. This is like if you made a really great like flank steak seasoned with fish sauce and ginger, like a kind of Asian seasoned um, or like Vietnamese seasoned flank steak. Sounds delicious. And then you made an exceptional um, batch of like homemade spinach and cream uh, ravioli. Are, are you just describing your dinner? No. And then you combine those in one plate. Oh. Like. You, that's how I feel about this art. Meaning there's a jumbled bunch of things that are all individually really beautifully executed, but the whole is, it doesn't work. And I can't give it a high mark. Just like if I was a judge on MasterChef and someone presented that plate to me, I would say, I don't understand what you're thinking. And that's how I feel about this art. I thought you were going to end that by saying that the,
1: it came with like a side of an unseasoned baked potato. And that's, <laughs> like the, that's
0: the equivalent that's the of the LA here. wings <laughs> and background here. No, I even love the wings. I love all the constituent elements. I just don't think this makes sense as a single piece to me. That's fair. I don't want to drag you down. What's your rating? Here's what I'm going to do. I came into this with a a B originally,
1: a capital B. Mm -hmm. Um, But since I only like the bottom, only really like the bottom half of this art, I'm going to give it the bottom half of a B, which ends up being a a capital D.
0: <laughs> so it's, a, sure. it's a D. Oh, what? Uh, sure. That okay. may be
1: my most tortured rating yet. But
0: that's absolutely That's what I feel. <laughs> that's even more tortured when we rated something like 11 cents. But <laughs> let's move on. All right, next up, we have uh the first of several uh secret lair drop uh birds of paradise. Uh this is from the ornithological studies uh secret lair drop series which might be my favorite. I really regret not picking this one up. Uh so this is like a realistic kind of 19th century Audubon style drawing of a bird. It looks like something you would see um, in a naturalist guide from the 19th century, or you'd see like a print at of at a museum. And I think it's beautiful. Like on a technical level, I think this is really stunning. I'll be honest. I love this kind of 19th century scientific art to begin with. So um, I am grading perhaps a little bit unfairly because I'm, I'm responding to the inherent style. But I think the piece itself is gorgeous. First, I love the way it nods at this style of illustration with the, um, the foliage that's here, but like super secondary to everything else that's going on. Um, I love the hyper detailed like plumage um, that helps you get a feeling for the bird's anatomy and construction. And speaking of which, I love that the anatomy actually makes sense here and what it hasn't on some of our previous birds. I love the colors here. They're really powerful and exciting but just tame enough that you could almost imagine this bird minus its tail existing in our world. And then this is going to sound funny, but I just love this peach wash background. I don't know why that's really basic, but it makes me think of alpha in a really good way. I don't know. I just think, I think this is an incredible piece of art. It's really pretty. I, I really love the background too. Like that in a
1: in some strange way that jumps out to me the most about this. Um, and whatever, I don't
0: know why, but it's really a critical part of the appeal for me. It sort of reminds me of like an
1: old, like a page from an old book that's sort of yellowed yeah. a little bit, but it still has this beautiful, you know, color print in it. Totally agree with everything you said. This, this is a fantastic piece from a really cool secret layer drop. And actually, I I went back and read the announcement for this drop again, which is also pretty great. It says, of all of magic's fictional creatures, birds are far and away the most popular. First invented by Richard Garfield in 1987, birds eventually made their way into Alpha (laughs) via the powerful Birds of Paradise card. We thought it would be cool to envision what birds would look like if they existed in real life. So we commissioned some naturalistic, classical illustrations from Ovidio,
0: Cartagena, and Alan Douglas is this uh is this a reference to that birds are not real like reddit conspiracy theory (laughs)
1: i don't know probably
0: i feel like it must be a little bit also i can't believe we forgot to mention back in alpha that this is the first bird in magic which is pretty cool it is Uh, actually the alpha printing says summon mana birds (laughs) 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 which is also does that mean it's got the type mana and the type birds in alpha or is it a single thing Uh, who knows I, i don't know every every word on that Original, <laughs> is so slightly good. wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised it doesn't say flies instead of flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is an easy A for me. I love this one. I love it too. I'm actually. I think I'm going to jump up to an S tier. I had it as an Ooh. A, but I I was listening to how excited I got. I think it must be an S.
1: Okay, follow your heart. All right. So next up, we have uh, another, actually a pair of secret layer drop birds of paradise. This is part of a, uh, a drop called the Extra Life, right? I guess the charity is called Extra Life, and uh, basically, what Wizards did is it uh, worked with some children in, uh, I believe, the Seattle Children's Hospital to put together some really wonderful uh, pieces for kind of iconic magic cards like Birds of Paradise. Uh, Sliver Legion is another from the same drop, and Lathless Dragon Queen. And if you haven't seen this Lathless Dragon Queen, <laughs> uh, art for the secret layer <laughs> drop please oh, please okay. go look because it is yeah, phenomenal. Click-a-like. I guess I should explain what the promo actually was so the children drew their own version of the card uh, and then a professional artist went and tried to basically faithfully recreate uh, the art that the child had drawn. So this bird of paradise uh, is done it looks like in maybe colored pencil and, and marker by Eli or Ellie age 8 was recreated by uh andrea Roddick and it says age 35 on there which i love as a you know professional looking piece of magic the gathering art uh and i i really appreciate that uh even eli or ellie age eight recognizes that a true Magic: the gathering
0: birds of paradise card only has one bird uh yeah i love this series i think it's such a fun um I feel like the like kind of curmudgeon part of me should hate secret layer drops. Cause I complain about so much recent magic stuff, but I, I kind of can't hate them because so many of them are inventive and fun like this. This is such a fun concept. Uh, and then the execution is so great. As you said, nothing is going to beat, uh, the Lathless one. Go look at it. If you can't, the original kid's drawing is hilariously basic. Um, cause it's by like a four-year-old <laughs> and then the, 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 um, professional realization by, uh, Tyler, um, Read his last name here. By Tyler something is uh probably the funniest single piece of magic art. But this one is uh I would say this one is pretty good. Uh the original art is like very ungainly or implies a very ungainly bird, and uh the artist fully leans into that. Like this bird's torso is gigantic. Its neck is super tiny. Uh so the proportions here are really silly, and I I realize it's the point of it, but for some reason it's not as funny to me as, say, Lathless. It just sort of looks awkward. I don't I feel sad saying that but that's sort of how i feel about the professional realized version of this
1: yeah but the professional one like it it almost feels like it could just kind of be a magic card if if a couple of things were changed like if the tail was less uh shaped like a flag which and i i do appreciate that um the artist here recreated the the child shape of the tail which is really more like Uh, a beaver's tail than a bird's tail (laughs) it's huge It's huge and very very flat and just ends in a line Um, so i i really appreciate that but if you kind of took that tail out of the equation and then maybe bent the right side of the rainbow which uh doesn't really (laughs) follow a curve because uh eli or ellie's version of it did not if you take those out it could just kind of be uh sort of silly looking bird card
0: well the other thing is i feel like um eli or ellie's original implies to me implies that the rainbow in the tail is connected to the rainbow in the background hmm doesn't it like maybe i'm wrong but i feel like there's there's such a strong thematic connection in the the original piece (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh um And I feel is a little bit lost in this. Like, to me, it's just like, it's got a random rainbow in the background. And I feel like they should, there should be some communication between the tail and the rainbow here. it should, I feel like the bird is creating the rainbow in the original. I feel like it would be. I'm not seeing the direct connection between tail and rainbow, but I I think you're onto something. (laughs) If we get it to the mind of the artist. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, I don't know that she's available for interviews. I've also, I've always wondered, this is a total aside, but I've never found anything describing like, how they told the kid what to draw. And I would love to know, because obviously they couldn't show them the art. So how did they describe it? It'd be super interesting to know how that description got translated into the uh, into the finished piece.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, if you look really closely at the bottom of the professional version, um, if you look at the trees near the bottom, like the bottom left corner of the art here, um they're more in the foreground than the tip of the bird's wing oh wait what the heck and when you look at that proportion it makes it look like this bird's wingspan is like (laughs) 200 feet which is actually kind of funny what's going on there i do sort of like that part of it
0: it looks like just intentional like a little a little tiny joke from the artist i think it must have been it looks like this
1: tiny bird and then you look more closely at that detail and it's like wait this thing is like bigger than a
0: dragon Wait, I, uh, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Cause that, if that's intentional, which I think it must be, that's super funny. It does look like this bird is like several hundred feet <laughs> uh, like long, which is pretty jet. cool. Yeah. I like that. Huh. Hmm. So what, what does that all add up to? And are we, are we rating these separately or as a pair? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like, I think we should not rate the child's piece because I don't want to sound churlish. <laughs> that does feel kind of bad. Okay. I'm just going to not rate the kid's piece. I was a C. I think I'm going to bump up to a B just because of that scale thing. I think I wasn't giving the artist enough credit here for the humor that they've introduced into this piece. So I'll give it a B.
1: I like that. I I had it at a C, but I had the original piece at a B. And I do like the, the suggestion that this is a giant bird. So yeah, let's go with B.
0: Sounds good. This has been a really strong episode so far, Connor. Like uh, we've done a few of these, uh, and I don't think we've had a hit rate this high in any of our previous uh art reviews. Yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of pretty birds here. I feel like it must just be a fun. I mean, it sounds might sound silly, but I feel like some of that maybe it's just a fun one for the artist, right? There's a lot there's a lot you could play with. You basically need to have a really colorful bird, and from there there's a lot of scope to try try something fun out. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, let's go to promo. I guess you call it a promo. I don't know. Some special printing. Who can keep track of what anymore? But some special printing from Dominaria Remastered by Daryl Ritchie or Ritchie. Okay, this one is is interesting. I'm a bit torn. On the one hand, I've mentioned I don't necessarily love how fantastical some of the recent birds art are. I think they can get a little too fantastical, and I like the realistic ones. This is so, like, neon-colored, like... Cereal box, deliriously colorful. That I feel like I I actually have to like it. He's got this purple uh, purple plumage. He's got this crazy tail extending out behind him. He's in like this I don't know prehistoric children's cartoon foliage. Like it's just so over the top that it makes me very happy. I love every part of this bird of paradise. These colors are just like explosive and vibrant,
1: best possible way. It almost looks like it might have been done with like pastels or like really rich oil color pen- colored pencils, or something it, like it that. It feels
0: very traditional media to me. It doesn't. It doesn't feel digital.
1: Yeah, and like not even a not even a, a painting. Like it. It looks like media that we don't typically see in a lot of magic art outside of maybe like a secret layer or something.
0: And you know what? The artist here, Daryl Ritchie, he was like he's kind of an old school magic artist. He did a ton in our first run of the game. I never really paid attention, but he did a ton in like Vengeance. Odyssey, Scourge, mirrodin Um, Ravnica, and then basically dropped off the map after Lorwin until they brought him back in the last couple of years for just a handful of like a great Lotus Blossom art, a butterfly art that kind of looks like it goes with this. Um so they've just brought him back recently and I'm glad. Yeah. This this one's just
1: so fun and so vibrant. Like it it feels very iconically green, like a green card to me. Um it, it uses so many different greens within the palette. There's this really deep shade of it uh, in this jungle behind the bird and then this really, really bright green uh, right next to its head of the jungle and then like a flying lizard that's just kind of there for some reason. Um, And it, it like very clearly reads as a very green creature, but has this just blast of blinding orange and purple filling up most of the frame. And it's just like very
0: fun to look at. But the way that they've let artists run with much, much more varied styles, you know, they're not saying it's this is the Matrix meets magic. You know, there's a lot of room uh, for artists to each have their own style and do their own unique thing. I, I really love that.
1: Yeah. So this is uh, this is an S tier bird of paradise for me. I, I just really love this. It's, it's just so fun to look, like of all the birds here. This is the one I keep scrolling back to and just staring at.
0: Let's see that. I was a, I was a C. I'm, I think I'll come up to a B. I'm not sure I can join you at S or, or even A, um, but it's a very fun piece of art. That's fine. Okay, our
1: final bird of the day is the Birds of Paradise from the Lord of the Rings Commander set, I think. Yep. Yeah, Tales Middle-Earth
0: Commander, it looks like.
1: The flavor text says, the noise of bubbling waters came up from the foaming riverbed. Birds were singing and a wholesome peace lay on the land so the that flavor text is kind of where the goodness ends with this that that Tolkien quote about Rivendell yes with my sincerest apologies to the artist Ben Wooten this really looks like some AI art to me oh my god oh my god
0: you're so right
1: it's just so many weird things about this art like the closer you look the the weirder it gets and not in a good way like First first off the most noticeable thing the right right hand 20% or so of the art is just literally black not like not like there's some dark forest mm-hmm. undergrowth here it's like literally just straight up black and then you look at the background a little bit and you see these buildings and waterfalls it's rivendell but they don't really sit right with one another at least for me and even the angles of the building kind of seem a little bit weird like they're not quite adding up the way that they should be in our 3d meat space and then if you look really closely there's sort of this bridge bridge to nowhere situation in the bottom left corner uh, of like a, a little footbridge with no one on it and apparently leading to nowhere uh that's just kind of hanging out in the bottom corner and then you have the bird in the middle which i'm sure we'll have much more to say about
0: boy uh your AI art is, critique is tough, but I think very fair um, in a whole bunch of ways. Uh, first, you're right. I hadn't noticed, but that um, that bridge does literally appears to be going nowhere. It just kind of terminates in some greenery. There's another bridge up above where if you look, there's three waterfalls and two of them are coming from up high and one of them is coming from down below in a way that doesn't really make any sense with how water works. right what is the water source for those left and right waterfalls and actually now that i'm looking many of the other waterfalls in here like where i don't know where they originate and as you said like even the like architecture of the main house Mm -hmm. um there's a window there's like a large stained glass window in like the right hand side of the art and i cannot make sense in terms of right angles of how that window and its roof line are interacting with the rest of the building yep it's really weird. It's a weird thing to see. This is the kind of thing you, if I saw that in alpha, I would be like, yeah, well, it's kind of, you know,
1: <laughs> it's, That's far from the course. it's
0: a weird, it's a weird thing to see in contemporary magic art. Cause like I, I'm I'll guarantee you this piece started as digital, which is actually another thing to get into. Uh, and therefore it, it's not that it's not that it's easy, but like there are tools to get things like right angles, right. in digital, speaking of digital, we haven't gotten to the bird. Let's hold on the bird just a second longer, but Boy, is this piece digital. Like, it's packed with detail, but not in a... I don't know how to say this, except authentic way. It's just, like, it's stuffed with stuff. There is so much going on in here. It's busy. And then to cap it all off, you have this, like, rainbow that's sort of randomly just sitting between the bird and the background. Like, oh, man. The rainbow is so bad. I could go on. There's so many weird, confusing things in the, like, the setting here. And I don't... Uh, we're st- I'll tiptoe towards the bird now, but... This does not feel like Rivendell to me. This looks like tropical. Um, Even if I ignore the bird, which is adding the tropical vibes, I just, I don't, this doesn't feel very like Northern European elven to me. It's a, it's
1: like a a tropical uh, European church.
0: Yeah, that's yes, exactly that.
1: Boy, the more I look at these waterfalls, the more upset I get. Like, Look at the ones, these three waterfalls near the bird's head, how they're coming. Yeah, those are the ones I was talking about. Yeah, they're
0: coming from like three different levels. What? which is not possible given the layout there but and, and then, even the lowest one where is that relative to the building the building is like is the building sitting right at the edge of a like 45 foot drop into it like it just doesn't make any sense and then look at the left one like
1: near the the higher bridge that actually does kind of make some sense and there's a waterfall like at
0: the right end of that bridge I wanted to call that one out where is that originating that's just like coming out of the building. And then the next one to the right, where's that one? It's coming out of like a, a balcony. It's just like coming out of the, the rock. Like it just doesn't. This is really I, I can't upsetting. make sense of any of the layout, spatial layout of this piece, honestly. Ugh. Well, while we're ragging on it, Connor, how about the bird itself? Because I think that's where the AI art thing really comes in. Like this looks to me like you said, iridescent rainbow bird, 90s, photorealistic 4K. Yes. <laughs> to mid <mid-training>.
1: journey. <laughs> yes, you've just you've described the request perfectly. The first thing I thought is this looks like a glass sculpture that you would see in a shop in some beach town. Um <laughs> and the sculpture like it, oh my God, you're it so inexplicably right. costs like eighty dollars. And you look at it and you're like, who who is buying this? Like who wants this iridescent glass bird in their living room? And here it is in a
0: piece of Magic the Gathering art. I feel terrible, but I have one more thing to pile onto because, like, let's <laughs> just do it. We're all in now. Even ignoring the art that I don't like, like I also dislike it, triple dislike it for for three other reasons. One, I don't really like universes beyond. I don't want non magic IP in my magic, although I know that ship sailed. Two, I don't like super fantastical birds of paradise art necessarily, and this is like mega super duper fantastical. And then three. As a Lord of the Rings fan, this bird in particular feels way too fantastical for Lord of the Rings. There's nothing in Lord of the Rings that's like this iridescent, right? Like Lord of the Rings world is like grounded with these, like even the magical things in Lord of the Rings feel very earthy and sort of organic to the world. And like they all sort of belong and nestle in with this sort of English folklore feeling. None of that feels like an iridescent bird. Like it's, ah. Does Middle Earth even have this many colors? No, I, I don't think Middle Earth does have this many colors. I
1: think that there's only like five or six, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, there's green, brown, gray, dark gray, light gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just way off. Dark blue, yeah. I, I would say, uh, to me, this art is as subtle as a Flamin' Hot Cheeto. Like, <laughs> there's just nothing. This is the Flamin' Hot Cheeto flavor bop. Uh, this might shock you, Connor, but after all that, this is an F for me. <laughs> F seems generous. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ben Wooten, but I just can't. It's just not working for me at any level, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, Connor, before we part ways, we always like to ask, which of these Birds of Paradise would you run in your cube? Well,
1: with with the disclaimer that I don't, don't currently and don't plan to run Birds of Paradise in my own cube, if I did, I think it would have to be the Dominaria re- remastered Super Color Blast one that I was discussing yeah. about. By Daryl Ritchie.
0: It's an excellent choice. What about you? I think for me, I, I it's gotta be the alpha art. I think I would pick up maybe like the Dominaria Remastered Retro Frame. Funny, we're both going Dominaria Remastered, but maybe the Dominaria Remastered Retro Frame version, or maybe one of the World Championship decks from the 90s, which I have kind of a soft spot for because they're just so singular. I'm currently running the 10E Ravnica one, which is fine, but like I feel like I gotta get this iconic Mark Pool in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've just seen some some pretty special birds today. You gotta, gotta up your game.
0: Well, Connor, it's a good thing we got to the uh, Ben Wooten piece at the end. Cause as soon as I said, flaming hot Cheetos, all I can think about is running down to the corner store to pick some up. So let's, uh, let's hurry up and close this episode out. If you enjoyed the show, you can follow it on YouTube or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you did like it, comment on YouTube or Reddit, uh, share it with a magic playing friend or in a Discord chat. It means a lot. Uh, it's a small show, but we like to think that we're bringing in some unique magic trivia slash Cheetos talk. Uh, and so it means a lot when you do those things. But until next time, I'm Austin. And I'm Conan. Thanks so much for listening.